Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back, folks. Beautiful Sunday morning. We do have three lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We'll get right back to the phones. Joe and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, about three years ago, my son bought my wife an orchid for Mother's Day. And, of course, it bloomed nicely. And then the, the flower went away. And for the last two years, it's been growing, but it it's never um, replaced the flower. And, you know, I went online and looked and stuff. And the only thing I can tell that's different from mine that, uh, is that it's really dark-leaved now. And I guess the leaves should be lighter. What am I doing wrong? I repotted it with, the I believe, the correct soil and everything. Uh, and it's doing nicely just as a green bush, but I'd like it to flower. Well, back back off on the water. Give it okay. a higher phosphorus fertilizer. So there's, there's okay. the three numbers. A real high fat, okay. but let it be pretty dry. And, you know, there's a lot of different orchids. I have, I have a great yeah. friend, Juan Mercado, and he's he's tracked orchids down from, you know, China to Brazil. And he's been down in putt-putt boats. And, you know, because they, <laughs> they used to collect them all and send them to Rotterdam over in Europe. And, you know, they'd find one little special cowlay and send it, and it would be a big deal. But anyway, with, with, with orchids, they, they do need a little more care. Um, okay. But, but back off on the nitrogen if it's real green and give it more light. Okay. And aside from okay. that, extra phosphorus. And that's the three things you can do that will make a difference. Now, I bought a grow, a grow light for it. Is that a good idea? Or? Oh, you can. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. we used to have greenhouses over on Dunlap and 17th Avenue. And that main crop in those greenhouses are old glass, you know, styled like yeah. European greenhouses were orchids. And so you can certainly grow them here. But, um, yeah. you know, an artificial light, if you if you play with it, you're going to, you know, you can do more. You can control it better than any other way. But Okay. So you can, right. you can okay. control that, back off on the nitrogen, increase the phosphorus and let it be dry. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Paula and Surprise. But after Paula, it's wide open. Give us a call. 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Paula. Good morning. Hey, I've got two questions. One, um, one of my plants that was doing wonderfully uh, now has... Caterpillar. I'm going to call them caterpillars mm-hmm. growing on it. A okay. lot of them. All right. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to pull them off as many as I can and maybe drop them in some Clorox or something just to kill them <laughs> so they don't climb out of the bucket. You don't have to do but, it that hard. What you can do, Paula, that's pretty easy to do is go pick up okay. some BT, like Brian Thomas. It's called uh-huh. Bacillus thungensis. And what it is, it's a powder that you can put on or you can put a liquid and spray it on and it's toxic to the caterpillars but it's safe to most everything else and it's a naturally occurring bacteria that wipes out grasshoppers and caterpillars so it would be an easier thing to do then they'll fall off and they can go down and become inert material and then reprocess and and go up and feed your plant down the road okay so if i use the powder Mm -hmm. i just kind of dust the plant Uh uh-huh you can use the powder and dust it on or you can use a liquid and spray it on either one little sprayer okay and uh thank you and the other qu- quick question is i have a, a desert willow um five years oldish and uh when can i t- 
trim that. I mean, it's getting a little bit. You can prune it. You can prune it anytime, Paula. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to maximize its growth, what you would do is you would let it go dormant first, and then prune it. And sometimes it's easier to prune them while they're dormant because you can see what you're cutting. You know, not with, you know, not being masked by the foliage. So, you know, you can prune it now if you want to. It's not going to harm the tree at all. Or if you want to okay. prune it when it's dormant, that's when we do it at the nursery. Um, that way, we get more growth out of the tree, and we can see what we're doing easier. Typically, what month would it be dormant? Well, usually in January. January, okay. Yeah, because it's getting to be kind of a, a giant and laying on the fence and the neighbors complaining. and. Uh, well, then you, you can prune it any time. It's not going to hurt the tree at all to prune it right now. And you can prune okay. it and shape it and do all those things to it. Now it's not going to harm the tree at all. And if it's outgrowing, you know, it's, big, it's getting bigger than you want, back way off the water. You know, you can you can water a desert well this time of year once a month for a big establishment want to be more than an adequate, and they need very little water this time of year. And uh, yeah. it's most important to have water for them in the spring, May, June, July. Um, but as far as right now, back off the water, prune it when you will, and uh, they're they're fun to grow. Yeah, it's a beautiful tree. Um, okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paula. Bye-bye. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Johan in uh, Phoenix. Good morning. Morning. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm just enjoying this beautiful morning. It's it's different, though, when I start the radio show before the sun clears Squaw Peak. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Brian, the problem I have, I have some nice bougainvilleas that grow well, but they hardly ever bloom, and they're all the sun. Now, what is my problem? You're probably pruning them too often. You're being you're, so? you're too kind, Johan. What, what, yes, yeah, so here's exactly what to do for Bougainvillea this year. Forget about them. Okay, don't prune, yeah, don't prune them I, until March. Don't water them. Don't feed them. If they're bigger, older plants, none of that. And uh, they'll come back and throw those bracts and bloom. Um, but realistically, if you want Bougainvilleas to have great color here in the fall, the last pruning should be about the first of September. Okay. Yeah, and then, that, that was I did it last month. I well, haven't bloomed for since the spring, actually. Well, leave them alone. Don't prune okay. them. Don't feed them. Don't water them, and they'll bloom. Yeah. And talk to them nicely, probably. Huh? Well, you don't even have to. You can you can you can play uh you know whatever kind of music you want for them. It doesn't matter. They can listen to heavy metal and they'll be bougainvilleas. You know, they yeah. they really uh, they don't care. But uh, but no. what they do care about is if you feed them too much, uh, they go vegetative. They have more green foliage. Okay, and if you prune them, you know, in the fall, they don't have that chance to expand and put out the new growth that's going to have the color. So. Prune them only twice a year. Prune them, you know, the end of August, the first part of March, if they get too big over the winter. And aside for that, right. just ignore them. All right, sir. Well, thank you for your uh, advice. Thanks, Joanne. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Jim and Gilbert. But after Jim, we've got wide open phones. Perfect time to give Shira a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Brian. I hope you're doing well. Beautiful Sunday morning. Hey, um, couple questions. My wife got this little plant. It looks like almost like a banana tree or whatever. Uh-huh. It starts with a C, so it's definitely it's a tropical. But she says it likes when she bought it. The guy said put it in uh, full sun and water. But do you know what that would be called? I mean, Probably a, a canna lily. That's it. Yep. Okay. Canna-lily. So cannas are super tough. 
They like full sun. Now, the ones that are grown now, most of them are grown by tissue culture. They used to be grown by these tubers or bulbs. But uh, they'll do best probably in a southern exposure. They don't do wonderfully on the west side because the reflective heat gets a little hot for them. But southern exposure, they do fantastic. You know, normally uh, they would just be kind of finishing blooming right now. You know, and then they'll freeze in the wintertime, but then you just cut them off at the ground, they'll pop right back up. How long have you had it? Is it in a container or in the ground? Yeah, it's in a container. She just got it like last week. Oh, okay. She wants me to plant. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, it's, you can't. This one, you're going to be a winner. You're going to be a hero with this one, Jim, almost no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good plant, okay? It's easy to uh, grow. Put it where you have some space. Like I say, southern or eastern are fantastic locations for it, not on a west wall. And if you put it in the north side, it'll grow, but it won't bloom. So you probably want to right. grow it up and see that color. Does it have blooms on it now? No, sir. Oh, okay. So it's unusual that people buy them when they're usually not attracted to them until they bloom. But at any rate, yeah, put it in, and it can take Gilbert soil. It can be wet. Uh, ideally, it doesn't need to be wet all the time. You know, probably brand new watered a couple times the first week and then once a week. Sure. Hey, also, I got a ponytail palm in my backyard. And uh, how often should I prune it? Is it the same like in July and like you do with the regular palms? Or? Well, no, ponytail palms, you know, they don't flower. We're not worried about the seed head. So it depends on what your, how your wife enjoys it. You know, if she okay. likes it to be well pruned, then you could prune it a little bit once a month if you want to. Just take off the bottom leaves as they turn yellow. If you like it to look like Cousin It and be a little, you know, longer, yeah. you know, hanging, uh, they're fine that way, too. And uh, they'll grow fine either way. It's just it's just a matter of whenever, whenever you want to, you know, thin it down, thin it down. Uh, one thing to be mindful for, if we're going to have a hard freeze, which we haven't had in like four years, if it's new to you, if it's going to be a hard freeze, put some frost cloth over it so it doesn't burn. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate your advice all the time. Hey, have a nice weekend. Thanks for the call, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have three lines available. we got two on. we got Grant, Vanessa, and then it could be you. The number to call for Miss Shira here is 602-277-5827-277-KTR. The other night, dear, as I lay sleeping... I dreamed I held you in my arms But when I woke, dear, I was mistaken And I hung my head and cried You are my sunshine, my only sunshine You make me happy when skies are gray You never know, dear, how much I love you Please don't take my sunshine away I'll always love you and make you happy If you will only say the same But if you leave me to love another You'll regret it all someday You are my sunshine, my only sunshine You make me happy when skies are gray You'll never know, dear, 
how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Welcome, welcome back. Oh God, gotta let, I gotta let the horn play over us here for a second, Terrence. This is like my grandfather's style of music with uh, Mr. Jimmy there from Louisiana, but uh, I gotta have one of the best horn bands around. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, and we'll get right to the phones. Uh, Grant in Phoenix, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. We love your nursery in downtown Phoenix, so thank you. Um, so I've got a um, a bed on the north side of my house. Um, it faces north, northwest, and for the last three years since we moved into the house, it's been covered by a flower wall that we put in think is every year we my wife is now wanting to do a ranch rail, rail concept so it'll be more opened up i've had japanese boxwoods in this bed and they've really struggled because they only get about maybe two and a half hours of kind of that laser beam sun in the afternoon with that wall coming down and now they should get another hour and a half do you think they'll come back or is there something like she wants to do roses in that bed that would do better with that afternoon harsher sun through the summer Grant, I would do the roses. <laughs> yeah, it's an e- it's an easy it's an easy gig there. You know, it's just uh, the roses will take the heat. What do you have out in front of the wall? Is it concrete so or is it? Yeah, I've got grass, and then in the it's a brick patio mm-hmm. that's really pretty, but it's been completely covered by this this flower wall that's just starting to get dilapidated. So I tore it out over the weekend and mm-hmm. realized. I've got a lot more sun exposure on this bed and and wondering if I could do the roses in there. You'd be able to see them from the street, whereas before I almost need a hedge to get up to four feet tall before you can even see what was in that area. Well, you know, the Floribunda roses like iceberg. We've got a beautiful pink one. It's like a pink iceberg over there at the nursery that's just magnificent. And if you've got the lawn out in front there, so you take away the reflected heat portion of that issue, um, they'll do fantastic. And that'll be your permanent okay. flower wall come back up. And, you know, with the Floribunda roses here, they'll bloom 10 months a year. They're not as pretty, you know, when we get down to July and August. But uh, by September, you can prune them back and feed them. And by October, they're back in full bloom again. Excellent. Great. She'll be happy to hear that. Thank you so much. Brian. Well, we've got to make her happy. That's that's that's, that's our life's goal is to <laughs> try, 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 try and keep people happy anyway. Hey, Grant, thank you. Have a nice weekend. Hey, you too. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, Vanessa in Peoria. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm calling in regards to citrus trees. Uh, I moved into the place that I'm at uh, right before summer. Um, I have a really large citrus and two smaller ones. They're all well-established. They seem like they've been there for a really, really long time. Um, I struggle with uh, finding out what the watering uh, system was for summer, so they struggled a little bit. And um, I finally figured out... But um, the two smaller ones seem to be doing okay. The big one is the one that I'm a little concerned. Um, 
believes everything's going back to green, everything's good. But um, the two smaller ones are bearing fruit. The big one only had one orange and it just dropped. Um, <laughs> could it be possibly due to the struggle he had of the watering? That well, it, yeah, it probably itself? was very much so, especially in May and June. That's the problem. We call it the June drop. And even when they're healthy and happy, you know, navels especially will drop a lot. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, what I would do with it for right now, so the new foliage is coming back. It's pretty healthy. Yeah, um, it, it, it never really uh, lost any branches or anything, but I had like the, uh, the, the I guess it's called like the taco shell um, leaves forming. Okay, um, and so that's caused by a little insect called thrip. But here's what you want to do, mm-hmm. Vanessa. Most of those older, you know, orange and citrus there in Peoria were grown on, on with a bubbler and a big well. Okay. And yes, that's and what I have. Yeah, okay. And so you have probably a pretty heavy clay soil on top and then you have basically what is caliche or like rock down below. So so mm-hmm. what you want to do is you want to water those trees. You can water them pretty heavy in the summertime. So once every week right. to 10 days in the summertime. And now you want to go to about once every 2 weeks on the irrigation. That yeah. was my plan. Yeah, I do have in the bubbler. It's about I figure out I, it took me a while to try to do all the math and figure it out. It was like a 2.5 uh, gallons per minute bubbler. Mm-hmm. So I was running in summer um, for two hours once a week. Okay. And I was thinking of doing that last uh, uh, next next Saturday, probably doing it, and then moving it to two weeks after that. Oh, I, I would move it to two weeks right now. Go, you can go out and just right stick now. a screwdriver okay. in the ground, Vanessa. If it's wet, there's no reason to water. Yeah. Okay, and the days are shorter, the Got nights it. are cooler. They're not going to use near the water they did back in the summertime. So I, I would just check okay. that, and if it's you know it can be dry the top two or three inches. If you hit moisture down yeah. you know four or five inches where it's fairly moist, then don't water again and and space it out accordingly. And you don't have to be exact on the calculations because that well and tree have probably been together for a long time. So as long as you mm-hmm. fill up the well, and you could fill it up fairly fast, so you shouldn't have to on a bubbler, right. you know, run it for that long. If it takes that to fill it, that's fine. But if you're with mm-hmm. a bubbler system, if it'll fill up the well in 30 minutes or an hour, that's fine too. But uh, good okay, deep good. irrigation will let it dry out in between. And then if you mm-hmm. come back and fertilize in February, and if you really want your trees to grow fast, feed them once a month this next year. You can feed them February through October once a month. They'll come back mm-hmm. and get fast, you know, fuller and, and heavier and healthier. And then it's important mm-hmm. to make the, sure we make the change in the summer. So that's usually going to be somewhere in about well, about May for the summertime. So we're going to change the watering to once a week from once every two weeks. But they don't want to stay wet all the time either. Okay. Got it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Vanessa. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Dwayne and Buckeye. Good morning, Dwayne. Good morning. I have a retaining wall that's probably around, I don't know, 25 feet tall, 20 feet tall. I'm on the bottom half of two houses. Uh And um, the retaining dirt part is four feet high. So one, it's south-facing, so I'm trying to figure out a good plant to put in there for the south-facing for the heat that would... Okay, so you have a big vertical wall behind, and then you have a plant that's about four foot deep? Correct. Okay. So that south facing is going to be great. I mean, south facing, you get this wonderful advantage of having all this sun, except for about the first week of June, it goes in the shade from the wall on the north side. And then the sun comes back in there, you know, somewhere towards the end of July. So they get this nice little vacation in the summertime. So if you want to grow color, I mean, it's really easy. All the Arizona yellow bells, you know, bougainvilleas, all those flowering kind of things will do very well. 
Will they go high enough to get rid of the blandness? Well, you can grow bougainvillea 20 feet easily or yellow bells, too. Uh, you'll want to look at the different cultivars, but the regular Arizona yellow bells or orange jubilee can easily grow that tall. And, and bougainvilleas okay. can grow that tall. And if you want something that's kind of fun and different to put in a planter like that that you'll do less maintenance on, you can plant a torch glow bougainvillea, and it grows kind of like a giant ocotillo. You know, and it, it'll grow 20 feet. And it'll get that big. And because you have the advantage with this great exposure, I mean, it really is a good exposure, you can grow these plants fairly fast up to large sizes. Okay. So the second issue with that is my neighbor overwaters, and it really comes down, a new neighbor. Mm -hmm. At one time, what one time it was squirting out six inches from the block. So I guess you don't yeah, have yeah. to water it all, huh? So we want. Yeah, I have well, <laughs> well, the other thing you can do with that, Dwayne, that might really like that water, might be to plant some citrus in there. You know, if you got that kind of height, so you could plant, you know, like a Meyer lemon or Lisbon lemon or Tangelo or any one of those faster growing citrus in there, and you can grow them up, keep the front face of it pruned, harvest the citrus, and let your neighbor's water grow them for you. Okay, well, I know it's a landscape show. Is there a concern that the water is going to damage the wall and have his yard fall into mine? Um, not if it you normally on a on a wall that's built that tall, and I almost guarantee if you know in any new subdivision wall that's built that tall has been engineered. Um, Okay. And so it's going to have, you know, good footings. It's going to have a lot of steel in it. It's going to be a, you know, a, a really well-constructed wall because to build a, a retaining wall, anything over about four feet, it, it typically is going to be engineered, have a really big footing under there and a lot of steel in it. Now, there's no reason for him to take, you know, to, to uh, be using that much water. It's not to your advantage or his. So might be the time, you know, you go trick-or-treating to go around the corner and talk to him, bring him, uh, if, <laughs> if you can get uh, some way to encourage him that perhaps he doesn't need to water quite so much. Uh, you know, it's better for everything not to. But uh, as okay. far as being, you know, detrimental to the wall, it shouldn't be a big problem. And and the main reason is because it's an engineered, probably poured solid concrete wall with a lot of steel in it. Okay. Well, I'm in the design phase now for the color of the flowers you talked about. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, Dwayne. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Ralph and Mesa. But, Ralph, we're going to take a short break first because we've got Troy Barrett slid into the studio. And he's got to get us educated on what's happening today. After Ralph, we'll have Bob and Mesa. Then we've got three open lines, a number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Brian and Shira and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show this Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
Welcome back, folks, and uh, beautiful morning out there. Looks like we have a couple lines still available. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Brian. Uh, I got a couple of questions for you. I got a, a tangelo tree. I've called you over the last few years about it. Get one piece of fruit a year. Well, this year I got a bumper crop. I got four. <laughs> is, is, it, is it finally coming around, you think? Hey, how big is your tree, Ralph? Oh, I'd say it's probably seven feet, eight feet tall. Well, that's awfully small for a four-year-old. T- Would you, what was it, like a like a little five-gallon or one-gallon when you planted it? Yeah, five gallons. Oh, okay. Well, you know, at Whitfields, we sell time. <laughs> I'm not yeah. that patient. I would never plant a five-gallon citrus tree. Um, but, no, I mean, it, it sounds like it's coming around. Uh, you know, it just it takes time. But, you know, typically, if you'd start with a bigger tree, like a 15-gallon or so, you'd have fruit the day you planted it. But uh, at any rate, you know, what you want to do is do everything you can to be kind to it. So make sure the trunk's wrapped oh. still and fertilize uh, it regularly. Yep, I do that. I mean, the tree, it, it looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, uh, never get the food. But I do keep it trimmed down sort of low because it's under a, uh, I think it's called a sissue tree. Okay. A little bit. It would be better for so your citrus tree, Ralph, to prune the citrus tree up. I mean, the sissue tree. You know, you could raise uh-huh. the limbs up on a sissue tree 10 or 12 or 15 feet. They have very strong wood. That's the wood they use to make guitars out of. It's a rosewood. Uh-huh. So if you would take and just raise that, that sissue tree, Get Cousin Ed away from it and give the Tangelo more sunlight. I'm sure you'll have more fruit and a happier Tangelo. Okay, well, we'll definitely do that next year for sure. And another question, I brought my uh, uh, geraniums down from Sholo, uh-huh. and they're sort of overgrown. They're like two years old now. Can okay. I uh, tear those out of the hanging pots and you know spread them out? Yeah, you could you could prune them back, and you could just plant the you know take the hanging baskets and toss them, plant them in the ground. You know, maybe make this their last hurrah, but they'll have a beautiful season to grow between now and May up, up here in your garden, and then maybe start with yep. a new basket next year. Because two years in a hanging basket is asking any plant to do you know a lot, unless it's a a succulent or something. So for a geranium to be that old in a pot, you know, you've done a great job caring for it, but it might be time to take that old friend, like you say, and just plant, cut it, prune it back, plant it in the ground. You know, get it here. In the south side it'll think it went to heaven and uh, if you must dig it back up next year and put it in a bigger pot and take it back to show yeah well it's getting get a little pain a lot of work taking back up and down off the mountain there so okay well I hey ralph on, on the on it. that citrus tree prune that sisu now I, I ju- you know what? So you mentioned that I, I just had it done, okay. and it's uh, it's way up there. Okay, well then let the citrus tree grow. Yeah, let the citrus tree grow, and uh, you know it's going to do a lot better this spring having cousin it not shading it so much. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Brian. Have have a good rest of the weekend. You too, Ralph. Thanks. Bye bye, uh, Bob and Mesa. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning, Brian. Um, <laughs> I get the same problem that Ralph has, but worse. I bought uh, three citrus trees um, uh, two years ago, but I bought uh, sticks in a bucket. <laughs> and uh, in two years, they have done absolutely nothing. Did you plant them in the ground? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, young yeah, citrus trees aren't aren't the toughest of animals. So, uh, are they in sun, Bob? Uh, yes, all three are in sun. Okay. So, um, number one, they need to be wrapped. So, the trunk needs to be wrapped from the ground to where the branches start. 
to keep the sun they from are. hitting the trunk. And then what you right. want to do is you want to spoon feed them come this spring. There's not much you can do to change them this time of year. The growing season for citrus is pretty much over. You got another two, three weeks for them to grow any kind of, you know, new foliage on them. If you wanted to kind of give them a little jump right now, you could foliar feed them with Miracle Grow or Peters. So you could take that and spray it on the foliage to feed them instead of trying to feed them through the roots. And they'll get some advantage and they'll probably get some more growth on them for now. And then what you want to do with them is put them on a regular feeding program starting in February and feed them once a month all the way through October next year. And if you'll do those things, uh, they'll probably grow better for you. Uh, on water, they want to get wet and then dry, so you're going to have to check your soil. Mesa, we've got all different kinds of soils, but if you have a heavier soil, that's watering about once a week in the summertime. Okay, all right. Yeah, I I, uh, I followed that. I heard you say that last year about the fertilizing mm-hmm. once a month, and so I miracle grow fertilized um, all three of them once a month last year. Uh, but did nothing in the summer because I'm not here in the summer. I'm a well, the, su- the summer is when they're going to do most of their growing, Bob. So what you'd want to do if you're not going to be here is pick up some Osmocote fertilizer, and it's, or you can buy another slow release, or you could even do it. How we do our farms is because we're certified organic. We can't use any synthetic fertilizer. We use predominantly chicken manure, and we work the chicken manure, and it lasts longer. Um, you could even use uh, like a... Um, Omolarganite type fertilizer, which is an organic kind of nitrogen that will last a lot longer. But any one of those kind of fertilizers that's going to last longer, you want to feed it, you know, because most of the growth is going to happen in citrus in the summertime. And, you know, watering wise needs to be on a good, you know, probably a weekly irrigation cycle for the summertime and get plenty of water once a week. In the wintertime, like now, you want to be kind of careful not to overwater because they don't, they don't want to stay wet in the wintertime. So citrus this time of year, you're going to start backing off the water and you'll get the spring flush in February, but you know that a lot of the growth in citrus happens all summer long. So, um, don't, don't they have like, uh, um, I know they used to have like, like spikes. You can use the spikes. Yeah. The spikes are a slower release way to fertilize. I particularly am not just fond of them because I'm not sure how they release depending on weather and what, who manufactures them, but that's certainly an option and, uh, and can be done. And, you know, commercially here, what it, what, you know, the old way to do things, we, you'd be feeding them, you know, pretty much in May. I'm not sure when you leave and then feeding them again in August or September. Yeah, well, we leave, um, I leave the end of May. Okay, so feed them heavy before you leave. But I say if you want to do something that's going to last for a long time, if you get a slow release like Osmocote and put that underneath them, that releases over about 60 days in the summer, so they've got a pretty good shot in there of fertilizer. And you might okay, talk to old Harry who decides not to go uh, you know, away this next summer and have him feed for you once again in August or September. I might do that. <laughs> All righty, Bob. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next, we have Elaine in Surprise. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. Uh, I have planted last year an oleander tree. And when I came back after being away for three months, I have a lot of suckers Mm -hmm. growing up the bottom now 
that are trying to take over. I did cut them off. Okay. But is there some way I can stop them from sprouting down at the base? Well, you know, that was one of my first jobs with my grandmother's oleander was pruning those off every year, two, three times. And um, probably not, to be honest, Elaine, if you would want to put a wrap or something around there that would keep the sun from hitting where, the, where those are budding out of the tree, that would help. You know, and you wouldn't have as many. And uh, so you could wrap the trunk, you know, with like cardboard or something down there at the base so the sun doesn't hit it. And if the sun doesn't hit those buds on the bottom, it's not going to come out as much. But uh, what happens with oleanders is most plants, they're a natural shrub. And whenever we prune them up to make a trunk, then what happens, the tree is trying to defend itself. So those buds are popping out. So if you'll wrap or cover or protect the trunk, you won't get near as many come out of it okay and now what if it's down below the soil well you have to cut those off all, all the way down okay but a lot of times the oleander might have been planted a little deeper you know whenever it was originally planted and so yes. those buds are coming up from down there below the ground and once more the, the oleander is just trying to protect itself you know it's trying to throw those buds out and um so if you want to keep it as a tree you're going to have to keep pruning it all right, and is there any special fertilizer I can put on it? Oleanders don't care, and they can't read. You know, citrus food's great. If you had some twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer, Miracle Grow, anything's fine. It's going to do most of its growing though when it's warm. So it's about finished growing for this time of year, and it's going to start to grow again in about March. And it's going to do most of the growing in the summertime when you're probably somewhere where it's cooler. <laughs> Yeah, I was wanting for a shade tree, is what I... Well, perhaps perhaps you might want to change your oleander to a different variety then. Because it's going to it's going to want to be a bush. Um, do you have more of a desert landscape, Elaine, or do you have more Mediterranean, or what yes. style? Yes, I yes I have tall palm trees. I have, yes, I have everything. I have oleander. I have the oleanders on the side, and I have... A, Queen palm. Boy, it sounds like you like the color. You know what I'd recommend to you, Elaine, is to go ahead and plant, take the oleander out and put in a Hong Kong orchid tree. Hong Kong. Orchid. And what the Hong Kong orchid will do, it'll have a beautiful bloom on it for you here January, February. It'll bloom again in May before you leave. And it might be in bloom when you get back in October. Now, does that provide uh, shade for my patio? It's going to be a bigger, faster growing and provide a lot more shade than an oleander would. It can be a medium-sized tree, about 20 by 20, and fairly fast growing. Oh, okay. All right, because I have a citrus tree in the neighbor's yard next, right close to it, and one of my tall palms uh, is there. So I moved it in close to the patio so that I could have some shade in the afternoon, late afternoon. Well, if you want a flowering tree that has a lot of flowers, now when the flowers you know come, they're going to fall. But something beautiful that'll flower that will, you can kind of prune to keep whatever size you want to in your kind of garden and uh, be not have the suckers and shoots, I'd go look at a Hong Kong orchid. Elaine, I'm going to let Hong you go, Kong. but Hong Kong. I, you, yeah, you can come by. I'll, I'll be at the nursery at Glendale this afternoon. I'll show them to you if you like. All right. All right. Thanks, Elaine. Bye-bye. Appreciate it.
Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Randy, Brent, and Barney. And then if you'd like to be up after Barney, you can give us a call at 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shearer here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Oh, can you see? folks hard to hard to follow that one up anyway i want to take a minute and invite you out to whitfields you know whitfields we grow trees all kinds all sizes from 15 gallons to big 72 inch box we specialize in citrus but we also have beautiful shade trees like ashes elms and pistachios maybe you want some color like that hong kong orchid or a little tropical look and and put some palm trees in there or grow your own fruit with the wonderful bejeweled date palms that we can grow here which you can grow in so few places in the world Anyway, whatever your dreams for that perfect garden, whether it be beautiful fall flowers or if you want to plant some vegetables and things to grow on, uh, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2640 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, we'll get right back to the phones. we got Randy and Brent, and you could be after Brent. The number to call. 602-277-5827. Good morning, Randy. Hello, Randy. Randy might be listening on the air. I'm going to put Randy back on hold. Randy, I'll come back to you. Brent and Gilbert, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Back to the citrus topic. I have a similar situation. A couple, I have four citrus trees, a little over two years in. Not producing anything yet, but bottom at five gallons. Looking for general guidelines throughout the year on when it's okay to trim them back and when I should just leave them alone. You can prune the citrus moderately anytime. 
Okay, but you want to think okay. about the reason why you're pruning it. As far as major pruning, we try to do all that, you know, right after the kind of crop time and before, you know, before they really start to grow. So mainly in February is when, like, on a commercial level, when we're going to do most of our pruning. And if it looks okay. like it's going to be cold, we don't want to prune them going into a freeze. But if it looks like we're going to have a warm time in February, that's when we're going to do major pruning. The key is with citrus is to leave enough skirt and enough foliage to protect them from the sun. They need all that, you know foliage so that the trunk doesn't burn. So you want to keep them pretty full. In a commercial grove, if you drive by one of ours, you'll notice that the branches are only probably about 18 inches off the ground, even on a big mature tree. We get more yield, more harvest, and happier trees by pruning them that way. Okay. And when when they just get a few of those wild, crazy branches that grow out three feet longer than everything else, no big deal to trim those back. No, especially here. especially on lemons, you know. But, but you know, if you want the tree okay. to get a lot bigger, on some of them, like oranges, you want to let a little of that craziness kind of grow up and for the tree to expand. But, you know, on lemons especially, you can take those big, long shoots out. And if the tree's as big as you want it to be, you can always take those shoots out. And you can prune them on the exterior like that any time of the year. My grandfather used to say, the more you prune them, the faster they grow. Sure seems that way because they do respond in the growing season to pruning and will put out new foliage right away. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Randy in Scottsdale. After Randy, we've got plenty of time for some more calls. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Give Shira a call. We'll put you up after Randy on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Hello, Randy. Hey, Brian. Good morning to you. So I'm in the rear foothills and uh three questions for you i just uh, transplanted uh at least a dozen uh agave pups from one of my neighbors on my property mm-hmm. and i also planted a bunch of bougainvillea so the questions are how often should i be watering the transplants and then the bougainvillea and should i be fertilizing at this point in the year well when you dug those holes to put your new ones in what was your soil like uh i i actually added uh i i scooped out from a wash a bunch of like uh you know quarter plus kind of gravelly so i kind of mixed it in there so it's a combination Okay, so it's pretty light. So you're going to want to water these new plants probably at least once a week, okay, uh, while it's warm. I mean, when warm means temperature, it's going to be over 70, okay? If it cools off, you can water even less. You want to be mindful of the bougainvillea. They might need some frost protection come this winter. So just be prepared to protect them. And if, if it's going to be real cold, make sure that it's not just the dry cycle. So you can water them like the day of or the day before it freezes, and that, that will definitely help them as well. They're both going to be reasonably dormant this year after we get down below 70 for a high. So they're not going to grow so much for the wintertime. And the agave is almost not at all, but it's a good time of year. You've got them planted. You've got them kind of set up. And if you, did you use any kind of fertilizer at all when you planted them? I did not. Should I? You could use a light dose on the bougainvilleas. Probably not going to help the agaves. How much root did you get with your agave pups? Uh, six inches. That's fine. And then, and then there were small pups you were taking off. Yep. Okay. So that 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 should be fine. And. Um, You know, you're pretty much now just waiting for the spring to come for them to start to really grow. Awesome. Brian, thank you, as usual. Thanks, Randy. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks. You too. Uh, Tom and Gilbert, good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you for asking. But you know what? I just noticed something. We're running out of time. So I'm going to take you off the air. 
and I will be with okay. you just as soon as we finish up here. And Bernice, I'll take you off the air as well. Folks, I hope you enjoyed the program and uh, one of the most beautiful songs in the world in the end. And uh, the love and respect and dignity that we owe each other is very important. Get out and vote. You know, vote with your heart and soul. Vote for freedom and love. Vote for liberty and justice. Vote for equality. Vote for the love of mankind. Vote to end prejudice. You know, these are all things that just make a big difference in who we are as Americans. And vote so that we can, you know, enjoy the rights that we are blessed with here in this country that other countries don't share. Vote so that women can enjoy their personal freedom from the tyranny of men. Vote so that everyone can worship in their own fashion. Folks, we'll be back with you next week. Hope you enjoy the program. And remember, get out and vote.